Welcome to Rob and Tony's Cinematic Adventure. I'm Rob Wilson. And I'm Tony the Quiet. So, Tony, what movie are we doing today? One of my absolute favorite movies. Year 2000 with Russell Crowe, Darkwing Phoenix, Gladiator. Gladiator. Best Picture winner. Best Actor as well by Ridley Scott. Fantastic movie. Fantastic. Love this movie. And I think the first time that I saw it is the same situation as the first time you saw it, I'm guessing, when it came out. Because we were both in, uh, you were a year ahead of me in high school, but we were both in Latin class. Same Latin class. And Mr. Driscoll, our Latin teacher, offered extra credit to anybody who saw the movie and brought their ticket stub in to class and showed him. And so I went and saw it and then took my ticket stub in and got extra credit the next day. Uh-huh. So I'm guessing that's probably the first time you saw it, too. Yes. I saw it with my dad and my uncle and my brother, I think. And I wanted to see it anyway. And the fact that I could see a movie I wanted to see, get extra credit for it. Especially a movie, you know, a bloody action movie. Exactly. You know, yeah. come on. <laughs> I, I, I was going to see it anyway, too. And yeah, the extra credit was just the icing on the cake. <laughs> it wasn't like being asked to, like, you know, go see Romeo plus Juliet. Uh, William Shakespeare's Romeo plus Juliet. (laughs) (laughs) Full title. (laughs) Like, I I don't know. Why why do I want to see DiCaprio? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was a couple years earlier, though. Yeah, it was a couple years earlier, yeah. But (laughs) that actually would have been, probably came out before we would have read that in class anyway. Yep. Uh, I... My class watched it in ninth grade. My I, class watched it in uh, my English class when we were reading. I watched reading. that in my ninth grade English yeah. class, too. But as I was like, when it came out, I was probably like sixth grade or seventh grade or something like that. Yeah. Would have been just before I would have been reading it. So. Yeah. Because that's, that's like that classic ninth grade mm-hmm. like Shakespeare thing you read. Yeah. You read Romeo and Juliet. Which is not even his best stuff. And then you watch the DiCaprio and Claire Danes movie. Even though there's plenty of other versions of that movie. <laughs> or the, plenty of other versions of that, that play. Yes. <laughs> that have been made into movies. But it's always the DiCaprio and Claire Danes. William Shakespeare's Romeo plus Juliet. Because, you know, it is you know, Boz Lerman. And, you know, it's weird because it like has all the Shakespearean language that takes place in the modern day. That guns and but it does have one thing in addition to the modern day setting that no other version of Romeo and Juliet has. And what is that? John Leguizamo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll leave John Leguizamo at that. I, I could say more about him and some stuff recently about him. But that's. <laughs> Harping about Italian plumbers. Yep. Yep. (laughs) He definitely played an Italian plumber, too. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I liked him in John Wick, you know, a brief role. And then I think the last thing before that I saw him in was in The Happening. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably best just to forget that movie existed. probably will do we'll do a Shyamalan movie one oh yeah I mean, oh yeah the, I'm sure we will two movies that definitely belong even like the three I, we could we could do but uh, and I mean also that's the thing with this podcast we don't have to just do good movies we can do some some stinkers too well, 
And we could do House of Dead. We could. <laughs> We've talked about that. It has been a long that, time since I've seen that movie. Yep, yep, it would be. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We could even like go really crazy and you know get something like I've never seen that, and it's like an older movie now. Like, what is that one? Stop or my mom will shoot with. Oh, uh, I the saw that. I saw that movie like thirty years ago. <laughs> and that was the only time I, I don't remember any of it except Estelle Getty holding a giant gun <laughs> it might not have been a, that giant of a gun but it was giant for her <laughs> yes like you uh, could yeah. recreate that movie today and Sylvester Stallone could still play his character and some other person could be the stand in and they just CGI Estelle Getty into it. And it would be a box office hit. Because yes. the perfect day. Yes. Now, do you know Do you know how Stallone ended up in that movie? No. It's because Arnold Schwarzenegger tricked him into being in it. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger and Stallone were going through a little feud at the time. Okay. And so Arnold feigned interest in the movie and starring in it. And word got, got okay. to Stallone that Arnold was going to be in it. So Stallone pushed to be in the movie. <laughs> and Arnold had no intention of ever being in it because he read the script and he thought it was a terrible choice to, to be in it. So yeah, he pretended to be interested in it just so Stallone would be in it. <laughs> hey. <laughs> All right, then. Well, and then they made here. then they made the Expendables movies together. <laughs> so they must have uh, gotten over their feud. They must have gone over it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, back to Gladiator. <laughs> so funny thing with uh, funny thing about it, but yeah, so it was the extra credit. But you know, I'd seen the trailer, it looked awesome. You know, it's a Roman movie and fighting and war. And, you know, I think at that time and Russell Crowe in his heyday. Yeah, right. And that's the thing. Like, Russell Crowe, just as he was getting big, and, you know, I'd seen the, the previous year he was in The Insider, which received an Oscar nomination for. I'd seen that already. Very different movie <laughs> than Gladiator. And then the first time I had seen them was in L.A. Confidential back in 1997. Another fantastic movie. movie. You know, at that time, I, you know, I would have been unaware of some of the stuff he did in Australia before coming to the States. And, you know, directed by Ridley Scott, you know, at that time, you know, again, I'm in high school, so I'm just kind of getting into kind of uh, cinema movies and learning more about some of these directors and actors. And I had seen Alien, but, you know, I couldn't tell you that Ridley Scott directed it before Gladiator came out. I, you know, I'd heard Blade Runner. I hadn't seen Blade Runner yet at that point. I had heard of Thelma and Louise, also Ridley Scott, 1492, Conquest of Paradise. One of his most famous flops. I had heard mm-hmm. of that. And, you know, the movie before, he made before it, G.I. Jane. <laughs> I had heard of that. Right? Got all these different movies. Really, Scott's, like, career is really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> the next two movies, like, three movies he makes after this, right? You have Hannibal, the sequel to Silence of the Lambs, Black Hawk Down, and then Matchstick Men, which <laughs> is completely different. And then he did Kingdom of Heaven, which is a lot more like Gladiator, obviously. Yeah, I, uh, I think Gladiator might be the first Ridley Scott movie I ever saw. Yeah, and the first Darkwing Phoenix movie I'd seen, right. too. Which, that you know, is kind of his breakout, right? It's mm-hmm. Gladiator. 
Yeah, because I, I didn't see Alien until much later. I didn't see Alien until probably 08 or so. Okay, it had well, been a while after Gladiator. But yeah, I think Gladiator might have been the first Ridley Scott movie I ever saw. For me, it was, I just finished fifth grade. I had surgery. I was laid up in bed for a couple of weeks. And I had my dad do the blockbuster and rent some movies. And two of the ones I asked him to rent were Alien and The Exorcist. And he got them for me. And that was monsters on the couch and we'll get to those movies and yeah al- yeah a- alien oh, I love it. <laughs> anyway but yeah so i guess yeah gladiator was probably my second one i had no idea scott was at that time i like steven spielberg right i know steven spielberg mm-hmm. no I grew up with steven spielberg lucas and robinson meckis no because of forrest gump and back to the future at that time i you know, told you about movie scott so yeah but yeah so, but yeah, we watched it because of that. Mr. Driscoll is a great guy. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, and later on in his Latin class, we'd watch the movie Troy, right? Um, Did we? No. Uh, you might. I, my class didn't. And I know we didn't when we were in class together. No. Because Latin 3 like, and 4 were one class because by that Troy time. Troy was later. It wasn't Troy. Yeah. Everybody. I never watched Troy. Yeah. But yeah. We watched yeah. the funny thing happened on the way to the forum every year. That's right. Yes. <laughs> we watched Strange Brew in Latin class. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so it's funny though. Like, I remember going into it, I remember reading reviews, you know, uh, kind of going in like from that Friday and Saturday morning. So I, saw, I saw it like on a Saturday afternoon. So, you know, people were saying, oh, yeah, you know, it's funny. Like, I, I wouldn't agree with this, but they're talking kind of comparing the opening scene to the opening of Saving Private Ryan. Okay. I, I would say that Saving Private Ryan's a bloodier opening than Gladiator, which is still kind of bloody. Mm-hmm. Gladiator is definitely a very bloody movie. <laughs> yeah. Gladiator is def- definitely a very bloody movie. Yeah, Saving Private very- Ryan has a much bloodier opening scene and much, yeah. not just bloodier, but gorier in general. Gorier and intense. Yeah. A lot of the stuff in the opening scene in Gladiator is sort of off screen or there's obstructions in the way. You can't yes. <laughs> you can't really see everything that's going on. Yeah. Kind of, you know, makes it chaotic, which is good. But we'll get into that. As we like to say, if you don't want to be spoiled, it's the time to uh, turn us off or continue. But we will spoil the movie. I don't yes. think there's anything that revealing about it. Right. But, you know, it's I understand trying to go as kind of blind and simple as possible. The tagline gives away a lot of it. <laughs> yep. Yes, it does. And it is a 23-year-old movie at this point. Uh, the general who became a slave, the slave, the slave who became Gladiator, the Gladiator who divided Empire. Which is also a line from the movie. Yes. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, if you don't want to be spoiled, we are going to be talking about the entire movie, beginning, middle, and end. So if you don't want to be spoiled, if you haven't seen the movie, pause the podcast, watch the movie, come back and listen. If you don't mind being spoiled, keep on listening. Another thing I would note is I always cut. This is always kind of like a pet peeve of mine a little bit. People that like to get really picky about historical fiction like this. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there are real characters in this. You Mm -hmm. know, Marcus Aurelius, some Commodus, and like everyone else is fictional. 
right? <laughs> yep. And I think we're going to so, get into this know, a lot with it, our next movie revi- too, but yeah. It revises things and that's okay. It doesn't need yes. to be historically accurate like that. Yes. It's, um, it's just like, be, you know, people will harp on things like that. And I, I always kind of get peed by that. Like enjoy the movie for what it is. It's trying to do something. Itself. Yeah. It's just like making a fictional movie set in today's world where you have, you know, some real life people that are referenced or even in it. Yeah. But it's just set 2,000 years ago. Yeah, correct. You know, it's it's meant to entertain. It's not meant to be, you know, a history book. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it wants to tell a story about different characters. And it has its own theme it wants to present. So just enjoy it for what it is and take it from there. Like, yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't get... get that there's sometimes where things, at least in terms of, like, obviously you don't want these glaring anachronisms yeah right but overall or you don't want to purposefully unless you're doing it in a mocking way make someone that was like really evil seem like kind of a good person yeah like you know you you don't want hitler yeah we don't we don't want hitler you know (laughs) petting a bunch of puppies and getting licked in the face by him right (laughs) (laughs) and laughing listen to Unless unless, like, unless it's like the producers, yeah, and they're like exactly mocking the idea of them, exactly, right? <laughs> and yeah, and and I mean, don't get too caught up on the fact that there's German shepherds in the opening scene of this movie, and they didn't exist for like fifteen hundred years after this took place, <laughs> right? But you know, you know, like what dogs are they going to use? Like, yeah, exactly. That it's <laughs> sure that breed wasn't around then, but it fits with the story. <laughs> It does. Anyhow, so but, we get to the beginning, and they set us up, right, that it's during the reign of Marcus Rubius, which, well, I think they say it's year 180 AD, right? Yes. Yes, this is 180 AD. And they're saying that he's about to try to finally bring peace throughout the empires as one last bastion of, like, resistance, right? And for those who are wondering, Marcus Aurelius was the Roman emperor from 161 to 180. So that, that gives you like the time frame of where he was. So if you if you knew the time frame of when he was emperor, then you kind of know what's coming up. What's coming at up? the beginning of the movie, uh, with it's being set in one eighty. What's kind of funny about this too? Like you know, we'll get into this, but he's um he's you know he's always kind of regarded as a um, kind of one of the better emperors, one of the more well known, kind of like the early ones that you get to really know well, and in terms of later ones. Yeah, he's well regarded overall. He's also one of the emperors during the Pax Romana. Yes, which he mentions briefly yes. when he's talking to Maximus after the opening battle. When he mm-hmm. says that during his reign, he's had four years of peace. Four years of peace yeah. and 20. And uh, so, that four years he's talking about is the Pax Romana. And I, I just always remember that from Mr. Driscoll's class. Me too. There's, there's oh. other things I remember, like, you know, some other emperors, like Trajan. I remember because he always connected it to a Duke basketball player, Trajan Wingdon. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it gives us that setup. And yeah, they're about to have a battle with a tribe in Germania. Yep. Doesn't want to be conquered, right? So that, the, that's like uh, the setup. It was the final tribe that needed to be taken out in order to have peace throughout the empire. But I like how, you know, it gives it the step. But the next thing I like about it is then it just kind of shows 
a hand going through like a weak feet. So you kind of want you know it's gonna be interesting to like kind of start to it. Uh, you kind of want to you know what what that's what's that about? But that all ties in later. Yeah, it, it actually works really well, and I love the entire arc how it all ties together well within Russell Crowe's character with others as well. And then you see him full, and like now he's in his, his soldiers. Um, armor and uniform. He's you no, know, he's a general, just Russell Crowe. Yes, and he's now general like, of the Roman legions. And it's much more bleak. Like the first, like that first scene there, like it's kind of golden. It's kind of like a setting sun, and now it's like winter and barren. We can see that you know the Roman legion are getting ready for this potential battle, and so you know setting everything up, and and all that's really well done. You know, they're showing kind of doing a good job of I think of already establishing. Russell Crowe, Maximus, his character, his name is Maximus, he's General Maximus, his rapport with his men, and that he's beloved, like, you get that right away, as he's kind of walking the lines, right, he's you know, just set for all, he's, like, in there with them, but you can tell, like, you know, they're waiting for an answer, right, and, um, what's his name, Quintus, yes, right? Quintus, you know? <laughs> his, his top lieutenant, his, his captain, and it's just, you know, they've sent someone out there to see if this tribe is, if they're going to accept peace to be under Roman rule, right? Because <laughs> either that or, you know, they're going to fight. I like Quintus's line, right? We should know when they're conquered. And, you know, Matt, you know, Russell Crowe, um, will you, will I, right? You know? Yeah, it was, it was the perfect response to it because it's like <laughs> people should know when they're conquered, but will they? <laughs> Would you know? Would you accept that you've been conquered? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you can take that like two ways, right? Like, would you really accept it, you know, or you just like fight or you not know it and then just get obliterated? <laughs> and which that that line alone Really explains the whole movie. It does explain the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who plays Quintus? Like, I could, like, think of, like, most of the other people, but, like, because he's in the movie quite a bit. Quintus is uh, Thomas Arana. Thomas Arana. Thomas Arana, yeah. He was also in, you know, like, The Hunter of October and The Dark Knight Rises. So, like, you know, he's a minor character, but, like, he's in enough of it. Yeah, he's in the Born Supremacy also. He's an interesting character because, like, he's kind of a bitch at times. I get it. Like, he's afraid. But I kind of blame him for something that happens later. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they've sent out someone there to make peace. And then the waiting. And he sees the horse come back with the body on it. And he's like, but they say no. <laughs> right? And they've sent the guy's body back on the horse. But, you know, he's been decapitated. Then the head of the tribe yep. takes the guy's head and just tosses it out to him. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So now you know they're all gonna fight. And we're gonna this great battle and Maximus is part of the cavalry, right? They go off in the woods and I love it. On my signal, unleash hell. And they do. <laughs> yeah. I love it. You know, one of the things I like about it, like, there's no one that really gets into it, though. While he's talking, like, you know, he gets off, goes off in the woods, he's talking to the other cavalrymen. And he's, there's two good lines in this movie. There's so many good lines. It's always, it's almost an underrated movie in some ways in terms of how quotable. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, he was, you know, he talks, tells him, like, you know, 
imagine what you'll be, you know, imagine what you'll be doing. It will be so. And for him, like, you get soon that what he wants to imagine is being home, right? Like, that's the entire thing is being home for him. Yeah. He wants to be home with his wife and son. And then <laughs> the other great line within this is, you know, what we do in life echoes in the eternity. You know, I guess people could take, you know, it's like, yeah, no, I don't believe that. But I, I, I really love that line as well. Yeah. <laughs> it is a good one. Uh, in, in many ways. So Then there's yeah, always just the beginning of the battle. They're going around telling each other strength and honor. Strength and honor. Yeah, that's right. Strength and honor. Just repeating uh, so that yeah, back, I mean, to, back and forth through each other. I just love the entire procession of just showing how loyal they are to Maximus, how much they love Maximus. And again, this is going to be a theme that kind of comes into things, is earning love and respect. Yeah. And how you get people to your side. It's going to be really important. Yes. At this time, again, it's important to understand that Rome is an empire, right? It's ruled by an emperor, not the republic that it was. Right. <laughs> yeah, where it was ruled by the Senate. Um, by the Senate, right? You know, where it's more democratic, a democratic type republic, kind of, you know, or how the Greeks were a democracy. But just still kind of understanding, controlling the people. And they're going to see that, you know, later in the movie, as always, you know, a lot of it is who are the Romans and what is the mob. And, you know, there's, I think there's a lot of people are very keenly aware of how you use. Those terms and those groups. But it's very, you know, you're, you're going to see this between, you know, Maximus's character, people rally around him, and then the later character of Commodus, who we haven't met yet, right? Yes, Commodus <laughs> played by Joaquin Phoenix, uh, who is the son of Marcus like Aurelius. It, what I like about it, though, is we'll find out very soon that Maximus's sense of this is serving. Marcus Aurelius, someone that he greatly respects and considers like a father in Rome. And he had this idea of, you know, what Rome is. We'll talk about soon about like the harsh reality beyond that. Yeah. But then, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, because right after the battle, right after Rome wins the battle, Maximus is called into Marcus Aurelius' tent. Yes. And that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, and that's when he explains everything. That's when he, when Marcus Aurelius tells him the dream that was Rome. And it's revealed in that conversation that Maximus has been close with Marcus Aurelius since he was a child. He and Commodus grew up together as friends, as very close friends. Mm -hmm. And that relationship led to Maximus being made the general of the Roman Legion. Yeah. And so he's fought for Marcus Aurelius for probably, you know, most of his life. How long? (laughs) <laughs> this is life. Yeah. I mean, you know, all and knows what he says he's been away for almost three years. He's probably been longer than that doing everything and get just enough of his backstory. He knows he's a Spaniard. <laughs> yes. You know, he's a Spaniard. He's called a Spaniard throughout most of the movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, which an Australian yeah, so, playing a Spaniard and a Roman. <laughs> ben Kingsley played Gandhi. <laughs> true. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but so spoiler alert, right? You know, the Romans win the battle. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's you know, it's a good battle scene. You know, there's you know, like you said, it's chaotic, and you know, you got fire and people getting mm-hmm. flaming arrows through their chest, getting cleaved, and 
swords being thrust through them. They got a German shepherd mauling people. So. Yeah, fireballs flying through the air, getting shot from catapults. Yeah, they like got clay, pl- clay, clay pots filled with oils that fire. Trees falling on them, hit with those fireballs. So it's a good scene. So they win, right? You know, and they're all excited, and it kind of cuts to the next thing. Well, Marcus Aurelius is watching this from afar. There's this sense that, like, yeah, he's conquered these people, and they, yeah, they stood up to not be conquered. And, you know, there's this idea, like, you know, what is this for? Especially as, you know, we learn that he sees Rome as, like, the ideal, the idea of ideal Rome. Which, you know, he's an old man, right? <laughs> you know, um, yeah. Richard Harris plays Marcus Aurelius. He's terrific in this movie. He's absolutely yes. terrific. Yes, he is. <laughs> Yeah, did, did, you know, he, did he get an Oscar man. also for this movie? No, he did not. He should have. <laughs> yeah, he was amazing at it. <laughs> so yeah, you know, he's an old man. Even you know, he even explains it that you know he's a dying man. He's an old man. You know, makes you kind of think about your life. So it cuts away from that. You know, the battle scene, and now you kind of have a little caravan kind of uh, going through and. We see Joaquin Phoenix and Connie Nielsen, right? The brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Um, Commodus really children, And they're talking. And all Commodus can think about is that their father is going to name him Emperor. Right? Mm-hmm. That's all, what he wants. Yep. All Commodus <laughs> cares about is being Emperor. Yep. He right. wants the power. He wants the power. And, you know, it, it, there's a part of it where he's desperately trying to find his father's approval and love. Well, he wants to be emperor, he wants the power, and he also wants to get with his sister. Yeah, it was... I. That's the thing. At first I saw like, it's, it's like, what, what is going on here? Disturbing like, I mean, how badly he wants to get with his sister. But that was really disturbing. I mean, it's terrific. And, you know, yes, I, it's I, terrifically I, I acted. Putting yeah. it in there, but... It's, it's terrifically acted, and it's, it's historically accurate. Yes. <laughs> Nobility in those days, you know, there was a, a lot of uh, incest in well, I mean, it's royal really, families. It's also, and, kind of accurate because it's also very much implied later he wants to get with his nephew, his mm-hmm. prepubescent. Yeah, it's yeah, it's implied, <laughs> but thankfully, no more than just the implication of it. <laughs> We will get to that later. It's, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if you think about it, though, it's like, for a movie, it's like a sword and sandals epic, you know, and it does throw in some very heavy, not just undertones. Like, no, mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty overt. Yeah. But, yeah, they're, they're obviously traveling from Rome because Marcus Aurelius wants others there to kind of celebrate that last stronghold, that victory, right? You know, they arrive and at the battlefield, and <laughs> I think it's all—it's just funny, right? Right? You just see it night and day the way Commodus and Maximus treat Marcus Aurelius, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah, and I—I I love. He's like, have I missed it? Have I missed the battle? Yeah, yeah. He comes in way after it's done. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I'm going to slay 40 bulls for you. <laughs> and Marcus like, like, no, celebrate Maximus. <laughs> yeah. He won us the battle. 
you know, it, it's there is this interesting aspect of the way he presents it. I think you know the way the Romans viewed the emperors, or the Caesars, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they technically weren't the Caesars at that point. They still call the emperor Caesar. Was divine, and you kind of have that aspect of Commodus, like just you know, his father is still like this divine figure in a way, right? And he's trying to give him the credit for the victory, and Marcus Aurelius being humble, right? It's like. It's like, no, Not I didn't do anything. No. Go, <laughs> you know, give Maximus the credit. He's the one that led the armies that defeated the the, the Germanic tribe. It's just kind of like, and then he's trying to get on the horse, and like Maximus tries to help helps him on the horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Commodus, being the little bitch that he is, <laughs> just stands back. Yep. <laughs> Marcus Julius talks to, you know, Maximus, like, so much for the glory of Rome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, this this movie, it really shows, I mean, I think this this was the, I think the second movie I saw Joaquin Phoenix in. The first one was Space Camp, back when he was Leaf right. Phoenix, when he was a little kid. <laughs> this is the yeah. first adult, uh, like, the the first movie that I, that I had seen with adult Joaquin Phoenix. I would say that Space Camp would have been the first one I saw. And, uh... I would not have remembered that when I first no. saw it. Yeah, same here. I didn't remember that that was him when I first saw it. But this movie really, it shows how good of an actor he is. Oh, he's great in this. He was nominated. Because Joaquin Phoenix, he plays Commodus as such a little bitch so well. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was brilliant in this role. He was. And what's funny about it, and we'll get into later, is like you see him in this here, but then later in the movie, you see how ruthless and conniving he really is. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And so ultimately. Yeah. And, and Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> is able to just flip on a dime between those two characterizations of, of Commodus. Yep. And, you know, and I mean, Russell Crowe, and we'll get into this too, when we get into you know, some of his later scenes, was like, you know, he does a really good job of showing these different aspects too and you know because he goes through a lot of different you know especially as you kind of get into the like middle act kind of his different modes as well it's just all together such a brilliantly active movie even like connie nielsen was like you know she's the first thing i saw her in, and then probably the next thing i saw her was one hour photo yep she was in that one williams yeah. takes a shit <laughs> <laughs> No, he he daydreams that he takes a shit on the toilet. That's a good movie. It is. Anyway. It's one we should do one of these days. But no, I, I had first seen Connie Nielsen in uh, in Soldier ah, with Kurt Russell. Okay. Yeah, I saw that, I think, a year or so before. Okay. Yeah, I think I saw that in 99. I like it when you first see her in this. Like, you're not certain what to make of her. Yeah. But anyway, so... Yeah, they go off the battlefield and then they're back in camp and there's senators there, right? Everyone's celebrating and drinking booze and everything. And Commodus introduces Maximus to different senators and there's debates about whether to be a, you know, what's better, being an empire or a public, is the Senate worth all mm-hmm. these things? And, you know, these all things are you kind of play into the movie because, you know, Commodus is later going to, not to give it away, but, you know, he'll soon be emperor, and he sees him as an obstacle to really the, the power that he wants. 
he'll, he'll talk about the people, but he only uses the people for his own purposes and to be ingrandized. But who's one of the actors I was thinking about? That was uh, Derek Jacoby, right? Yes. Um, was one of the ones that's there. He, he'll be one of the main supporting characters later in the movie. Senator Gracchus, who very much is an ally of Marcus Aurelius. Favors the Republic, right? And Commodus kind of mocks the idea there with Maximus. Mm -hmm. You know, Maximus being the soldier that he is, right? It's supposed to say that. How does he put it? But, you know, he, he just he does a good job of being very apolitical. Yeah. He just sees the job as serving the Empire and then doing yeah. what supposed to do next yeah he has a job to do and he's gonna do it right he doesn't want to you know he doesn't want to have any hand in you know leading the empire he just has his army and he wants to be able to send his soldiers home at the end of the day yes just like any um, good general wants you know david um Schofield is one of the other senators there he is what senator falco yeah senator falco but he's more proposed to Gracchus. He likes being senator, but I guess he's more of an ally of Commodus. He, you know, doesn't really explain a lot into his thinking. But they're in there. They're talking. And there's like a third guy. Yeah, Gaius. Uh, yeah, Gaius. Uh, you know, we don't get in his thought as much, but he's more allied in with Maximus. Mm -hmm. Gracchus. But Gaius, Gaius is the one that Commodus warns Maximus of uh, don't get too close to Gaius because he'll whisper right. in your ear. He'll pour honey in your ear and soon you'll be calling, you'll be calling out Republic Republic. That's right. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, Marcus releases is milling around and then sees his daughter. Right. Uh, I always love the line. He's like, only you had been born a man. What mm -hmm. a Caesar you would have been. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what is it's like yeah. you can get but that line itself and like it's just like this <laughs> to his son. Mm -hmm. like oh yeah like i mean you already tell the way i mean yaku phoenix sells it immediately like yeah no you don't like him he's not a good dude <laughs> you know and you can tell his father doesn't like him mm -hmm. <laughs> you can you can really tell his sister doesn't like him Yes. <laughs> when they're in the carriage going up to the battle. Oh, and yes, uh, like we don't know it yet. We'll learn it soon that she has recently been widowed. Yes. And she has a son Which named Lucius. Probably why her brother is starting to really make the moves on her. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we go on and Marcus Rilius summons Maximus. Having this lovely talk. First, you know. Uh, I like how it starts, and it's, it's such a great scene that it's acted well between both Harris and Crow. You know, he just kind of wants to know. It's it's funny because, like, you know, obviously he grew up as, like, his father figure to him. And, you know, he's um has his life beyond just being general. He just talks about it. Right? I just love the way he talks about it. So, yeah, because uh, Marcus Aurelius asks him about his family. He asks him what his home is like. Yeah. And so he just starts describing the way that the sun hits certain parts of the of the property. How it comes in yeah. through the windows and the house smells of herbs in the day and I can't remember what he said it was. Like, it was talks about his like night. Hair, and right? Talks about the different things that grow. Right? You know, and the sun riding. You mm -hmm. get this already have this sense from back in the opening scene with his hands just going through the field. 
like his purpose beyond all this is like he's got this job he's going to do what he has to do it's his family right and now now that he is defeated that his army has defeated the final tribe to be able to bring peace to Rome he finally gets to go home right and he really he is finally gets the opportunity how long to go home has it been and you know he breaks it down to the day 3 years you know, 264 days in this morning yep <laughs> <laughs> like it's awesome, and yeah, it, it, you feel it with him. But yeah. then it breaks into this next part where they start talking about Rome, and you then see I love it. You know, you see his love of family, then you see the love of his men because he realizes a bunch of them have died, a bunch of them are dying, and there's a bunch of them that didn't die that are maimed, mm-hmm. right? and realizing that there has to be this purpose that they died for, which you can imagine like any good general would think of. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to later where you have these men that communists is going to want to fight for him that are not the purpose they're fighting for is for communists. Mm-hmm. It's this different feel. So, and then you know, it gets into the discussion of Rome. We've already kind of talked about kind of the back and forth of the really with the senators and communists. And it really is delivers the news that Maximus is going to become emperor. <laughs> Yeah, well, Marcus Aurelius tells him that, you know, he's dying. Yes. And when he's gone, he wants his one last. Maximus. His last request is for Maximus to take over, to be yep. the emperor and then to turn it over to the Senate. Yes, which is important. That Rome will be a republic again. There was a dream that was Rome, and that dream is that Rome will be a republic. Be a republic. And Maximus, as flattered and honored as he is to have this offer given to him, he turns it down because he just wants to go home and be with his family. That's right. That's all he wants to do. He doesn't see himself as a politician or any of these things, right? That was a good line earlier within the scene before where, you know, he's told, like, with an army behind him, he can be very powerful. Yeah. Which is very true. Yes. (laughs) But he doesn't want the power. He just wants to, he just wants his family. He just wants to go home. But, you know, there's an important point, though, like, I think, you know, Marcus Aurelius tells him he hasn't seen Rome recently, right? That's not this ideal that he might have in his head that been corrupted. Yeah, right? and I mean, the thing with, yeah, the thing with Maximus is what's revealed a little bit later in the movie is he's never been to Rome. Yeah. He's the leader of the Roman Legion, but he's never been to Rome. And I just love the line then, you know, when he... He brings up Commodus, and <laughs> Richard Harris is like, Commodus is not a moral man. <laughs> he just flat out, he's just very blunt with it. Just, he's like, you have known this. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, and he gives him, like, the evening to think it over. <laughs> yeah. After he turns it down, he gives him the evening to think it over. <laughs> Like he's going to change his mind. And he gets out of there and at the tent, kind of like, I, I get it, how he might be kind of like. You can, your options are you can retire and spend the rest of your life on a farm in Spain, or you can be the emperor and then hand it he all over to the status. Senate. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, but he, he leaves, you know, the tent and Lucilla is there, right? And kind of wondering what her father wanted from him. They get in this conversation. They kind of understand, you know, you, you get quickly that, like, they are, like, former lovers. And for whatever reason, they 
doesn't work out. They each got married to different people. Yeah, but they, they definitely sons, yeah they definitely have a history. Like almost the same age, right? Mm-hmm. Similar ages, but yeah, as you said earlier, we know we know that she's like recently widowed, and it's kind of an interesting conversation that also happens in here where he says that he prayed for her husband when he died, and then you know she talks about like, oh yes, I pray. Interesting things like it, she kind of talks about like the gods, and there's always this thing, you know, you get in these things a little bit later where I've never been entirely certain that almost seems like Maximus is a Christian. Well, yes and no. I mean, he seems, yes, he definitely, there are a lot of things that he does that makes it seem like he's a Christian, but at the same time, he's got his panates that he carries around, his family gods. Yes. Right, the little bag, exactly. the little sack with with yeah. the with the little woman and boy that yeah. represent his wife and son. He prays to his family gods to protect them. Yeah, it's not. So you know, it's always kind of weird. Like they they play this different line of of him. So anyway, they definitely contrast that. Like he's you no know, at least very much observant religiously, and she kind of is, kind of is right. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, so they had that conversation with each other. And then the next thing we have is Commodus talking to her father. Yes. <laughs> and it's a very different conversation than what uh, than the conversation Maximus had with him. Where basically Marcus Aurelius reveals to Commodus that Commodus won't be emperor. As much as he wants it, he's not going to be emperor. He's like going he to gonna hand over the, the empire to Maximus. And then... I, I always like the, the part of the conversation there where Commodus is talking about virtues. He said, you once sent me a list of virtues, of the four main virtues. And then he lists them off. And he's like, but I have virtues too. And he starts listing <laughs> off all of his virtues, one of which being courage. Maybe not courage on the battlefield, but there are many forms of courage. Like wanting to stick it in my sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> but again, he, he he acts it so well. Yeah, he does. But yeah, so you know, Marcus further pushes in the the fact that he does not want Commodus to take over. He will not allow him to be emperor. And he starts getting you know apologetic when he sees Commodus start to cry. Turns it off. You know <laughs> when he when he turns on the the tears, starts acting like a little bitch, starts whining. But it. Again, it's perfect because, like, he does it well, and you can tell it's fake. Yeah. But Richard Harris performs it well because, yes, he like, does. he's a father that actually does love his son. Yes. <laughs> yes, but he sees in his son that he's not fit to be emperor, and it right. kills him that he can't name his son emperor. And in the line, it's perfect, and there's, like, your failures are my failures as a father. Yeah, I mean, he, he takes full responsibility for Commodus's inability to rule. He takes it as a slight to himself for not raising him right. He did send him a list of virtues. He did. But none of <laughs> Commodus's virtues were on that list. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Commodus goes in for the hug. <laughs> while, while his father is sitting down. And pushes Marcus's face into his chest, into Commodus's chest, and smothers him. Doesn't like go in the hug and kills exactly. his father. And of course, yeah. kills his father before anyone he else could have knows. told anyone that Commodus wasn't going to be emperor, that Maximus was going to be emperor. So then, of course, after that, then uh, Commodus, you know, called the doctors in, told them that his dad just dropped dead, and then went on and told everybody that, "Hey, I'm emperor now." And 
Quintus wakes up Maximus, and Maximus, you know, is ready to, you know, he doesn't want to be startled awake. He's ready to fight, even sleeping. Yeah. Yeah, he, Quintus comes in, puts his hand on his shoulder, <laughs> and Maximus wakes up and puts a knife in Quintus's face. <laughs> but stops before he actually stabs him. Yeah. No, he says the emperor wants him, and he goes in, and it's Commodus. Mm-hmm. And says, grieve with me, brother. Our great father is dead. But <laughs> you can see Max is like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and Commodus tries to say, yeah, he died in his sleep. It was peaceful. Obviously, but Maximus, Maximus knows. He knows that Commodus did it. And you see Lucilla, like, crying, and you can see that she kind of knows that mm-hmm. it's also There's something fishy about this because she saw Maximus leave the tent he's kind of not at peace <laughs> and, and then saw Commodus go in and then Commodus come out and Marcus was dead and Commodus offers his hand to Maximus just once I only offer it once but Maximus refuses he refuses. He goes off, and he's trying to get his stuff together. And he's talking to his servant, Cicero. Yeah, Cicero. Right? Like, you know, we need to get my men together and all this. And Yeah, Cicero, played by Tommy Flanagan. Great actor. Oh, great. He's doing a lot he of stuff. Great. Yeah. He was in Guardians 2. Mm-hmm. One of them, Sons of Anarchy. He's Braveheart. Who else we got? Face Off. Never saw Charlie Angels both a lot of in City, a lot of good things. He was in episode twenty-four. And he's a certifiable badass too. Oh yes. Is that if you see him, you see those big scars going up his cheeks? Oh yes. Yeah. He got that in a bar fight. Did not know that. Yeah. Uh, so those scars, which look eerily similar to Joker's scars in the Dark Knight. Yes. Because it's the same kind of wound. So he got into a bar fight, and somebody decided to give him a Glasgow smile. Glasgow smile, yeah, I'm looking at that right now. Where they took the knife, and they basically carved a smile into his face. And so that's what those scars are from on Tommy Flanagan's face. They are actual scars. They're not just something they put on there for every role that he's in. Yeah, interesting. Somehow he survived that. So, you know, he's he's trying to get Cicero to help get his men together. But then Quintus comes in. And this is not prudent. And Maximus is like, the emperor has been murdered. Which might not have also been a prudent thing to say. This is where Quintus gets to be a little bit of a bitch. You know? Yeah. He makes up for it later. <laughs> so, tell some of the Praetorian guard to come in. And it's like, take him and ride the Don and execute him. And then, so you know, Maximus... Maximus Thinking that no one, like, you know, this relationship they've had, like, would listen to him, like, you know, protect my family, and then went to tell his family's going to join him in the afterlife. Which seems like, I mean, that's harsh, just to yes. you know, kill his family, too. Yeah. Live all the way in Spain. But the orders come from Commodus, who is not a moral man. You know, he wants to ruin, he doesn't just want to kill Maximus, he wants to ruin Maximus. He wants to destroy <laughs> everything Maximus loves. It ends up being a very bad idea. Yes. Very bad idea. This whole idea. movie could be avoided. Yes. If Commodus just lets his family live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so they uh, they ride Maximus off until dawn. They're in the middle of the woods on a chilly morning. Yep. <laughs> you know, they're about to 
They're about to behead him. And then here comes another one of those great lines. Yeah. At least give me a clean death. A A soldier's death. death. Like the guy, it's like, you know, like blue dots at the other dude. Like, yeah, you know. So they they move up behind him instead of going to chop off his head. They're going to stab him through the back of the neck. And guy raises up the sword. Maximus does a reverse headbutt. Gets the sword away from him. Stabs him in the neck. Stabs him in the neck. (laughs) The other guy's trying to get his sword out. But it's stuck. The the frost. Sometimes Sometimes it makes the blade stick. stick. Just gashes his face in half. Mm -hmm. And then, and the other guys on the, the horse, other Praetorians who are kind of drunk, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You know, and he's able to well, he tosses a sword through one, yeah, through one of them, <laughs> while his hands are still tied. <laughs> and he goes, pulls the sword out of him, and uh, calls the other one that's on a horse. Yeah. And as he comes riding, you know, between shots, he had cut the rope that was tying his, his wrist together. Praetorian comes riding at him just as he's crossing him. Maximus swings the sword. He got Maximus in the shoulder, mm-hmm. and we think that it, it makes it look like Maximus got hit, got sliced by the guy's sword. The guy drops dead off the horse. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Crowe is that badass. <laughs> and, then, and we see blood dripping down his arm, dripping down Russell Crowe's yeah. arm. He takes one of the horses and... And rides for... But he's weak because, you know, like, he got cut and, like, probably, you know... It was, he had to have been riding. No, not super team, like you'd want to get it sewn up and yeah, prevent infection. Yeah. Right? Meanwhile, he's he, not yeah, really I, eating a whole lot and no, and his hair's growing, so which means which is how you know he's been riding for a long time. Yeah. So like he's weak because he had like a buzz <laughs> cut when he was about to be executed, but showing him riding the horse, you know, his hair's getting longer, so he's been riding it for a long time. Yeah, so he's got a wound that's not doing well, and again, he's not eating a whole lot, and he's probably not sleeping a whole lot, because, you know, he's trying to get back to his family, because he knows they're going to be executed. Mm-hmm. And, and I love again. I love how it does, when he's when it's showing him riding, how it cuts between him riding the horse, and then over to the Romans, the Roman yes. soldiers riding toward his property. Right. And, you know, you got to imagine, it's like, you know, we'll be pretty close in time. Like, they're going to have a little bit of a head start on him. Yeah. <laughs> and there's more of them, and they, they, they can poop easier. And anyway, yeah, like you're saying, like it cuts back and forth between the two. And, like, you know, at some point as he gets close, you can tell, you know, he's thinking about it and he gets a motivation to really kick it in the gear, right? The mm-hmm. adrenaline kicks in again, right? Yeah. And then the horse collapses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the horse is just exhausted. Yeah, which obviously. <laughs> yeah. So he does the rest of the trek on foot. And, you know, he gets back in, and finally, like, you know, in the field. You can see it when he's approaching the property. You can see the black smoke. Yeah. Well, then, you know, before that, like, you have, like, his wife, kid, and, like, you know. He sees the soldiers running up. He's thinking, like, his dad's coming. Yeah. So he runs (laughs) up to greet him. Oh, this scene. (laughs) Runs up to greet him. And they trample that kid. They trample the kid. (laughs) They show, they, they just flat out trample the kid. There, there's two movies. Like, there, there's another movie. Maybe we should do this one. Enemy of the Gates has a yes. scene with a kid. Yes. That one, too. We <laughs> should definitely do that one sometime. That, that movie. Reminds me of this. Like, no. Yeah. You see a kid get trampled to death. Well, no. he does. He's not trampled to death. <laughs> no. Well, or close he, to he probably would have died from his injuries. But 
it's it, you're made to it's made to look like he they killed him right then, but it's explained later that they didn't kill him with a trampoline. Yeah, he got crucified. Yeah. yeah. But and yeah, and he gets there and you can see like it's, it's like I said, like it's black smoke. So it's been recent. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, it, it's still like smoking. It's not smoldering at this point. It's smoke. No, it's black smoke. So something's on fire. <laughs> you know, they've killed all the servants in the fields. Right. You know, they just got mm-hmm. whatever. And then he ends up and he crawls and like you just see their, their feet. And yeah. Sure. So their feet yeah. hanging there. He buries them, but they're they're black charred feet because they were that, crucified that, and then burned alive. That's that's mm-hmm. that's gonna piss somebody off. Yeah, so he buries them and then he just finally sleeps. Yeah, and then he collapses next to their graves, and then the next thing you know, he's picked up by slavers, and he wakes up to Jamin Hansu <laughs> putting maggots in his shoulder wound. Yes, Vagina Hansu. Yes, Vagina Hansu. <laughs> uh. <laughs> right and that you know they, they ride and you know we see this traitor kind of all these slaves you know do they ever say where's they say what province that is um I'm trying to remember I, I don't remember but yeah that's... yeah they say it's north africa so they you know he's they have a slave trader played by the guy in the mummy what, what was his name yes um <laughs> Uh, Omid Jalili. Yes. Jalili. <laughs> Omid oh, Jalili. Because he's the guy that yeah. uh, the scarab kills. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's always fun. <laughs> he is fun. He's always, anyway. he always plays a fun character. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you see them in like, it's North Africa, and he purchases this guy named Proximo, played by Oliver Reed. Yes, Oliver Reed's last movie. Last movie. He died making this movie. Yes, they had to use uh, like it's some double on CGI to finish uh, the movie. Some of the scenes, which yeah. you kind of you can kind of see it. It's the year two thousand. CGI has yeah. gotten better. Yeah, yeah. CGI has gotten much better in the last twenty three years. Then they, they they did a good yeah. job but, of doing what they needed to do. Yeah. But I mean, it's also this was two thousand where they still had excellent CGI. Because, I mean, Jurassic Park was 93, and that still holds up. Mm-hmm. So, 2000 yeah. still had access to good CGI. Yeah. No, it was still actually really good. I mean, we'll get into some of it later, because it leaves a lot of CGI for, like, the Roman scenes, obviously. But, yeah, he's selling him all these people he's captured. And he's a gladiator trainer, right? And he has gladiators that he uses in these arenas in North Africa. And I like, <laughs> and we learned that not only is he a gladiator trainer, but he used to be a gladiator. He's a gladiator. Yeah, we'll find that with the conversations later. Yeah, and as Omid the Jolly tells him, like some are good for fighting, some are good for dying. <laughs> yeah. You need both, I think. Yep, but <laughs> he's he's mad at him. Proximo's mad at him queer because he sold him queer giraffes. The giraffes that he sold him aren't mating; they just eat. <laughs> <laughs> we see the giraffes. So, so he uh, decides the slave trader decides to uh, give him a discount because of that. A discount on the slaves. So he walks up to Jamon Hansu, smacks him on the ass. <laughs> <laughs> A good ass. 
good thick ass. And he decides to buy him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he tells him he was a hunter, so it yeah. should be a good ass. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, Maximus is just sitting there like, he, right? Yeah, Proximo sees the uh, SPQR tattoo on and his shoulder. And he thinks he might be a deserter, yeah, he, right? Which he, makes sense. He knows that he was, that he was a legionnaire. But he thinks that he's a deserter. That's when he's a Spaniard. He's like, uh, he's a Spaniard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he knows that, you know, if he was a soldier, then that means he must be a good fighter. So we get through that and like, you know, Max doesn't talk and you can tell he's despondent and whatever. And like, I think at first he just doesn't care about any of it, which, you know, will really change. And I like the scene where Proximo is trying to talk to gladiators and Kind of, you know, he's kind of going through a training to be what they're like. Where we meet, like, kind of his, like, chief gladiator, Ralph Mauler Hagen, right? Who becomes, like, a friend of Maximus later. We see Jaina Hansu. like you Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. I think, he, he's a I great... Think we're going to keep on saying it with Jaina Hansu. Yeah, Juba. Oh. But he's a great actor. But he's a I fantastic guess. actor. I love him. He needs an Oscar someday. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Everything he's I, in, I, he does I a great job. I want to be the announcer for China Hansu. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Like, he fights. You can tell he's a good fighter. You can tell he's strong. And then Maximus just doesn't try to fight him. He just and looks at it. And... So then, before that fight, though, oh, well, but oh, before their first match, they get sent in their first uh, gladiatorial match. Mm-hmm. I think it's during that scene where Rolf Moeller is uh, is introduced. You know, where you see Maximus sort of sitting off by the window. Yes, he's using a sharp rock or piece of glass or something to yeah, he's trying scrape to off his tattoo. Off the tattoo, the SQ scraping off his, his yeah his SPQR tattoo. And Jamin Hansu asks if that's a sign of his gods, right? You know, but um, so I watched uh, for this viewing, I watched the extended cut, which I had never seen before. I have seen it before. It's been a while. Okay, but there is one little extension on this scene that I really enjoyed that they uh, put in there, which is sort of when, you know, the the different gladiators are getting to know each other and that, you know, Maximus is off Mm -hmm. scraping off his tattoo. John Hans is talking to him. Then that little scrawny guy. Oh, yeah. Is standing over by the doorway before Hagen comes in. Yeah, you know, asking, you know, asking their guys what what they did before they were taken into slavery, and he explains that he was a scribe. You know, <laughs> so he doesn't think he's going to survive because <laughs> all he knows how to do is write. <laughs> how does a scribe get captured? I don't know. I don't know. But I I thought that was cool because later in the movie. You know, not to not to jump too far ahead, but when they finally make it to the Coliseum and yep. they're going out for their first match in the Coliseum, yeah, that scribe—that's the guy that's standing right in front of Maximus, pissing himself. Yeah, he gets a base <laughs> to the face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in the theatrical cut, that's the first you see of that guy. You don't get his backstory, so you don't really understand why he's so terrified. I mean, you get that he's scared because he's about to go into the freaking Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't want to understand the extent of his fear. 
just needs to get a mace in the face. He just gets a sword shoved through his gullet. The yeah. boss gets a mace in the face. Yeah. Yeah, it was anyway. the guy with the spiky hair that gets the mace in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that looks like... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Bill Paxton. Yeah, that guy looked like Bill Paxton in Terminator. <laughs> I like the scene though because, like, it you know, it does a good job of establishing like this friendship that's about to grow. Yeah, because they're because their first fight, their first fight is where they take the gladiators and they chain them together. Yep. Each one is paired off. You know, they're paired off and they're chained together and Maximus and Jabin Hanso are chained together and that Yeah. Hagen and the scribe are chained together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the scribe, like you said, pisses himself. No, <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess I guess it's not yeah, I guess it's not when he's going to the Coliseum that he pisses himself, is that fight. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah, he was in that first one, I thought. But that guy quickly got killed, and so Hagen cut off that guy's hand. Cool. So he wouldn't have arms. to drag him around. <laughs> it starts using the chain as one of as a weapon. You got the sword in one hand and chain in the other. You know, but meanwhile, Maximus before and the, before the scene that I do like that Proxima gives him like a pep talk again about the you know, you're gonna die or live to the, the clapping, right? Like mm-hmm. this entertainment that these people want. Like and Maximus is gonna begin to understand that. One of the things I like about it before this, you see him finally get in that mode of like survival. And this thing that happens before anything, like he likes to pick up the dirt. Yeah. Pick up the, the dirt, dirt, rubs his hand in his it. And rubs them, right? Mm hmm. Uh, I mean, it then, helps with his grip. Yes. Helps with his grip on a sword. So, and then they get into there, and uh, yeah, they're all tied together. And <laughs> thankfully, if you don't ever survive, I always kind of wondered about. The gladiators are already in like that little arena, or any of them, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Who are they, and where are they? <laughs> yeah. How many fights did they get through before that one? Yeah, you know, people are cheering because they got to see bloodshed and all these. Yeah. Uh, how how many fights did the one guy go through before Jaimon Hansu should have tried it in his crotch? <laughs> <laughs> How many kids did he have at home? He's not having any more. <laughs> but <laughs> did he did he ever shove a trident into somebody? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, and then they proceed to another match, and this time it's just Maximus. It's Maximus and going out. He just kills him quickly. Yes, he does. I love the last guy. Yes. <laughs> That's the last kill on that one is great. It's got like this pig like helmet on. It's, yeah, it's like a bull, like a bull helmet, like a bull hat thing. <laughs> yeah. Because it's got the horns coming out. It's a big dude. Yep. And yeah, Maximus yeah. just takes two swords, stabs him in the chest with both of them. Let's go of them. Well, he and, slices him across the oh, chest yes. with each of them. Yes, he slices him across the chest with and each. And then he stabs him. Then stabs him with both of them. Then let's go of them. They're just wobbling in his chest. <laughs> and he sort of steps back, looks around, then pulls the swords out of the guy's chest and scissors off his head. 
<laughs> he just swings the swords like scissors and ch- chops off the guy's head. <laughs> then, and then, then I noticed something here. Uh, after that, then you know he to the crowd's cheering, and then he takes the sword and takes one of the two swords, throws it up into the cr- into the stands. <laughs> Yes. Up to whoever the whoever's in the box seats up there. <laughs> you know, it goes and hits a, a table. It's got drinks on it. You know, knocks that down there. But I noticed there there's a, a little mistake, a little continuity error. Ah. Right after he throws it, because he throws the sword that was in his right hand. Right? So then he's holding the other sword in his left hand. The next shot, he's got that sword in his right hand. And then the next uh, shot is back in his left. But yeah, he throws the sword up there. Then he yells out in the crowd, are you not entertained? Not entertained. Are you is not entertained? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. And that just makes the crowd cheer even more. Meanwhile. Because <laughs> that fight was right after his one-on-one with Proximo. Yeah. Their conversation where it's revealed that Proximo was a gladiator that won his freedom. That won his freedom. And he, so he's trying to, con- to connect with Maximus because he sees more than other people do in Maximus. Yes. He sees that there's more to him. And so he explains to him that he has to win winning, winning battles isn't going to win your freedom. You got to win the crowd. Yep. If the crowd is on your side, then you'll get your freedom. Like what he's like, you're good, but you're not that good. And he understands that like, he's good in that. Like, yeah, I mean, he can beat people and he's not, he's, he can survive. Mm-hmm. But it's more than just surviving. Like yeah. you need to be, able, you know, once it's born, it's freedom. It's something different. Yeah. And he, you know, reveals, you know, his history as a gladiator. That one is freedom from Marcus Aurelius. Always <laughs> like Maximus last. Like you knew Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. Because Maximus at this point <laughs> still has him. Yeah. I met him. Yeah. He, Mark, he Maximus still isn't revealing to anybody that he was basically Marcus Aurelius' son. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's he's not revealing his identity to anybody. They just think that he was a deserter. But yeah, so yeah, yeah, that's funny. He's laughing that he's like, you met Marcus Aurelius? He's like, he touched me on the shoulder once. I didn't know him. <laughs> <laughs> Very quick about that. Yeah. The meanwhile, you know, there's stuff going back in Rome, right? You know, like we said, Commodus, he's off in Germania. So now he has to ride back into Rome as a new mm-hmm. emperor. So he's right? riding in on his chariot. Everybody's cheering. We finally meet. Lucilla's son, Spencer Lucius. Clark. Yep, Spencer Treat Clark uh, playing Lucius, which, was this his first movie? I think it was. Because he was in I, he was on Unbreakable not long after this. Yes. He's, but. So everyone's like, oh yeah, he is Gladiator when yeah. Unbreakable. No, that's right, I forgot about this. Arlington Road. Oh yeah, that's right, he was in Arlington Road. Yeah. That was a good movie. So, um, I'm a different just Joan Cusack. <laughs> yeah. Joan Cusack. Joan Cusack being an evil Tim little Robbins. bitch. Like, Joan Cusack, man, you, she's yeah, she's evil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, I mean, she was Tim Robbins' wife in that movie, and they were both yeah. evil. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, but, you know, you see... Commodus now having to adjust his emperor and being with the Senate, and he doesn't really care about what they have to say, and they're having actual good things about how to you know, help. He's just kind of seen more of like again we talked about this term like the model of what they want 
He wants the people to love him. Yeah, but he thinks he can demand their love. Yes. <laughs> um, he doesn't think he has to earn it. What's important through all this, right? You know, finally, you know, he's kind of getting into a little squabble with Gracchus about both kind of saying like they don't really know how the people really live or what they go through. And finally, Priscilla is able to kind of pull comments away before the important they need to be. But what's important about all this, like we see that he decides to honor his father with 150 days of gladiatorial games. Yes, because that's exactly uh, what Marcus Aurelius wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> so, word gets back to all of the gladiators in the Empire. And, uh, and that's where we now, our hero, Maximus. Yeah, finds out that his else. group is going to go to Rome. So, and that's like now. And that's when it's revealed yeah. that Maximus has never been to Rome. Yeah, because one of the first things you see like that is big CGI shot of Rome kind of getting on the Colosseum is huge. And the giant Hansu is like, have you ever seen anything like it? Like even for him, like, you know, he's from sub-Sahara Africa. Mm-hmm. He's just this hunter and doesn't think of men building such things, right? And it's kind of this good contrast because it makes it seem like that's what the glory of Rome is, is these magnificent things like that. These buildings and structures that they've built. But what's not shown in the movie which is very historically inaccurate, which is one th- one thing I know at the beginning of this episode, mm-hmm. we, we told people don't get hung up on the historical inaccuracies. Mm-hmm. But Rome was full of graffiti dicks all over everything. Yes. <laughs> Those don't show up in the movie. There's <laughs> <laughs> much... No, overt incest that's in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's rated R. I mean, it's rated R for a very good reason. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it could use a few graffiti decks. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, in the in the Rome HBO series, they're all over the place. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 yeah. So, you know, there's a scene there. With the senators, but Gracchus, you know, he understands that, like, yeah, no, he gets a sense that Commodus is more clever than he originally thought, that he knows all this bloodshed is going to get the mob kind of, like, really excited. They're going to love Commodus for all this entertainment that he's giving them, right? Mm-hmm. Not to delve too deep into, like, modern politics, but, you know, there's, there's a lot that even be said there about politicians, We'll dive into kind of what the mob wants. Anyway, so we have seen now that, you know, they have kind of like the different gladiators that are going to be fighting kind of in public so people can kind of see them and know mm-hmm. who they are, right? And Yeah, and oh, and uh, Maximus has a new breastplate, yes. a new piece of armor that Proximo gave him with two horses Correct. on it, which then becomes his standard armor for the rest of the movie. Correct. And so they're all in the cages and everybody's talking about the Spaniard because they've yeah. heard about his exploits at the arenas around the, the Empire. And young Lucius is kind of around there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's some Lucilla. And he sees Maximus, or the Spaniard. He sees him as the Spaniard. He's like, are you the one that they call the Spaniard? 
right? So he's heard about him. Yeah. And they have this conversation. At this point, Maximus doesn't know who he is. And uh, kind of the servant that's supposed to be watching him comes over and says, you know, Lucius, right? Maximus like, his name is Lucius. And he says, yes, after my father. Right? Yeah. You know, he makes and so that's connection. when, yeah, he makes the connection that that's Lucilla's son. And so we have another scene there where we realize that all of them that are from Proximo's gladiators are going to be part of the Battle of Carthage. A reenactment of the Battle of Carthage. And he knows that, like, oh, no, like, that's, like, they get slaughtered, and he's concerned that all his gladiators are going to be, like, massacred in it, right? Mm -hmm. Wait, you (laughs) know, you're right. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't the Battle of Carthage. Yeah, so, yeah, the scribe did, I think he did get killed in the arena before. I think he was the guy that was attached to Hagen. (laughs) Because, yeah, they didn't, when they they're for their Battle of Carthage, they were already out in the in yeah. the arena in the Coliseum before they let the That's right. stuff they're out. That's right. They're all out there because yeah. they were all out they in the center. No they have no idea what's coming up. Yeah, right. And it's um Battle of Zama. But, yeah, yeah. it's the second second Punic War is what it would be, and it's a massacre. It's a big Roman victory, right? And of course, that would be something that Congress would want is these big Roman victories, right? The glory of Rome, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, then, so of course, you know, Proxima doesn't like that all his doesn't want all his gladiators to die. They're valuable to him, right? <laughs> yeah, and he's a bond with a few of them. <laughs> so, but of course, Maximus, he's a general. Yeah. He knows Max, how yeah, Maximus. He he sees the chariots start coming out, so he starts barking orders. He starts telling people, "Okay, this is how we're going to survive this thing." Right, and I mean, you know, he's like it, you you listen to me, you'll make it out. Right. And, you know, some of you, if you've listened, you know, that might know Roman warfare. I mean, uh, it's all about being the collective. Yeah. I mean, that's the first thing of, he did. You know, that's how they're yeah. such a strong group and how they're able yes. to conquer yeah. the no one war. Because they work together. And so the first right. thing Maximus does is he asks people if they have any battle experience. Mm-hmm. He starts asking around. And one guy says, I served with you at this yeah. in this battle. <laughs> I love that. So there's one guy who knows who he is. But what I love about like he's so quickly able just to get all of them kind of like be able to work together. I mean, some of them he knew, right? But they get all of them to kind of work how a general like Roman phalanx would like act. Yeah. To defend each other, the defensive part of it, and then to be able to attack. Oh, and you know, he's right, you know, they're gonna stay alive together longer if they work as one. Yeah, and real <laughs> quick they fall into it. The ones that the ones that don't are the first to die. Yeah, <laughs> but after those first two die, everybody else realizes, "Hey, we need to stick together because the people that are sticking with Maximus are surviving." And they kind of give it a sense of that. They're, they're all standing around, and chariots come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meanwhile, Maximus marches. has his helmet on that covers up most of his face. Yes, so that badass uh, helmet. Yeah, it is. It really is. <laughs> but yeah, so that Commodus doesn't recognize him, yeah. and so nobody else who might know who he is recognizes him. But yeah, so they pretty quickly take out all the chariots. Yeah, no, you know, they take them over and are able to, you know, they crash some of them. And they just crushed, get crushed against the walls, or some of them kind of get pulled out. And, and then, then one of the most half, and one of the most well-known movie mistakes is in this scene where the last chariot that they take out, the one that flips on its side and runs into the wall. Right before it hits the wall, for a brief second, you can see the back panel of it break off and you see the air tank in there that ended up knocking it off, you know, flipping it on its side. <laughs> <laughs> the modern air tank. You get people but, being uh, 
stabbed in with helmets and all these things. They, well, Maximus, you know, takes control of one of the horses and he's able to kind of lead the rest of them. He gets back on his horse, right? He's, a, he's you know, yeah. uh, he's cavalry. He's yeah. a horseman. He likes that. Now I mean, he's like part back of, in the element. Part of his conversation with Lucius before was he, he, because his new breastplate has two horses on it. Yep. So he was telling him that, you know, he was pointing to each of the horses and telling him that those are his horses that he has back home yep. in Spain. I mean, Spain has the best horses. Yeah. And so they won. They defeated all the people that came in, right? And I love like Commodus. He's like, my history's hazy, but thought Carthaginians. Carthaginians? Carthaginians, Carthaginians yeah. Lost, right? And the guy's like, "Yes, I'm sorry." He's like, "No, I like surprises, yeah. right?" But he likes it because like yeah. there's a lot of bloodshed. It was bloody. Yeah. So then, and he wants to know who that guy yeah. was. He wants to know who that guy was that led everybody to victory. He's called. They call him the Spaniard. So he decided he wants to meet the Spaniard. So they take yep. Commodus down to the arena, and you know all the soldiers run out first, and they encircle the all the gladiators, and one all of, of the them things, think that they're going to kill him. I almost forgot. So one of the things they say, like as they're preparing them before they get brought out there, is like when they see the emperor, right? This was to say, "We who are about to die salute you." Yeah. And then, like, you don't turn your back on the emperor. They give him all these other rules, right? Yeah. I love when the emperor comes out. They all say that, except Maximus. Yep, except Maximus. <laughs> but, yeah, um, so they come out. They think they're all about to get killed by... <laughs> yeah, because the, the, the soldiers completely surround them. Yep. And so they think the soldiers are going to kill them because they weren't supposed to win the battle. And then the emperor comes out and kind of silence all of it. And he, want, he just wants to meet Maximus, right? Mm-hmm. So he, he uh, asks him what. And so Maximus sees him walking out and he kneels down like everybody else does, but he sees an arrow in the ground, a broken arrow. And so he picks it up and sort of hides it behind his hand yeah. with the intention of uh, killing Commodus if it comes to it. And then Lucius comes running at, around. At this point, like, if he hadn't been there, he might have been fine just trying to go ahead and kill him. And he got killed him and got killed himself in the process. Yeah, then yeah, he'd whatever. be with his family again. Yeah. But uh, Lou just came out and he backs off. He's not yeah. going to deal with him around. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> Commodus asks what his name is. And he says, Gladiator. yeah, he says Gladiator, which is the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I always love it when they say the name of the movie, especially when it's the name of a character, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah no he says he says his name is Gladiator he's like show me your face take off your helmet and so he Maximus turns his, turns his back on the emperor he's like how dare you turn me back on me so he reaches up <laughs> pulls off his helmet and then turns around shows him his face this is his name he says his name, name is Maximus Decimus Meridas father to murdered well, son the leader of the Oh, Leader right. of the armies of, of Rome, husband to a murdered wife, father to a murdered son, and I will have my vengeance in this and, life or the next. And, and he says that he's also, he says that he's, you know, it's the true emperor. Marcus yes. Aurelius. Yes. And I will, and I will, and I will have, my, have vengeance. my vengeance in this life or the this next. Life. Everyone's like, oh no. Right. And then like Quintus is there too, right? Mm-hmm. And, but she'll, yeah, she's up. And meanwhile, then, Commodus shits a brick. (laughs) (laughs) 
they, they bed brick. <laughs> Just for that and scene. Shout out for this scene. <laughs> <laughs> and like all of a sudden, everyone else thinks they're about to die again because of that. Yeah. Because <laughs> they would have murdered all of them. Yes, they would have. Rome didn't play around. <laughs> The crowd wants him to live. Yeah. So. And because Commodus is still pretty sharp about some things, those that he can't just kill him right now. He will piss off a lot of Romans. Yeah. So he gives the thumbs up, which is actually incorrect. As they've found out, as they've discovered. Found out that. Since this movie came out. That thumbs the thumbs up yes, is actually the bad thing. Yes, it means, yes, kill him. <laughs> thumbs down might let him live. But when this movie was released, I think it was still kind of yes, like... It was still, could have been either one. Yeah. And they've kind of settled yeah, themselves. It wasn't really more confirmed until after the movie came out. Anyway, so... And then he's obviously not happy about this. And he's like, I thought they, he was dead. You know, he's talking to Jill. I was like, but maybe they lied to me. They... I mean, they don't respect me. He's being a little bitch about it. Yep. It occurred to him, like, you know, maybe you kind of forgot that Maximus is an awesome soldier and might yeah. have survived all of it and killed the people that you sent out and they yeah. never return and no one, maybe the, the I mean, disrespect part thought, like, oh, well, those guys that were supposed to kill Maximus, they never came they back. back. So <laughs> either he killed them or they went AWOL. But at the same time, I highly doubt that Commodus pays enough attention to his soldiers to really know which ones he sent out. Yes, exactly. And it's another great contrast of the two. So, obviously, they need to be another fight because he's popular. So, he arranges a fight with another former gladiator. Yes, an that, undefeated uh, gladiator. Which, they never say, like, was he ever freed or not? And he's just like, you know what, I'll come back and fight this guy. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, they just say that he was undefeated. They don't say... His name is Tigris of Gaul. Yes. Right? Big dude. Um, big dude. Crazy helmet yeah. with a oh. little flip-down face. Yeah, cool mask, too. Not, not as bad not as badass as that. Yeah. It's some battering there. But anyway. <laughs> What's not known to Maximus is that there's trapdoors in the Coliseum. Oh, right? Real quick, but before yeah, that, before that battle though, it had the gladiators in their downtime getting their food. They were eating <laughs> dinner. Right. They had the stew. And uh, now that everybody knows who Maximus is, he goes to get his stew after, after Vagina Hansu has his bowl and Hagen has his bowl. And you know, he goes to take a bite and Vagina Hansu shakes his head. It's like, don't, don't eat it. Somebody poisoned it. So Hagen takes a big old bite of it and sort of tests it, pretends to, to be poisoned, and then just starts laughing. And they all start laughing. I think they all have like this <laughs> little bit of levity yeah. within the situation. Yeah. There's not a lot of levity in this movie. Like, no, there's it, not. But it seems like that are just they're they're great. Everybody's just having fun together I mean, it, between matches. And yeah. yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. It's good. It's good. And like the movie takes time in between to build in those relationships, which is important because we keep talking about like that that's where his strength lies is his relationship to his men. Yeah. And especially when like when we first met Hagen, he was this badass gladiator that, you know, yeah. didn't take any shit from anybody. And you know, he, he was the man. And then after that first battle, he really began to respect Maximus. Yep. 
and he kind of follows him now. And yeah. But he does. And, and, you know, the the two of them are buddies now. But, yeah. So, um, anyway, so back to the uh, fight with Tigers. Yeah. So they put Tigers in there, and Maximus doesn't know that. And, you know, so they can spring up in different mm-hmm. spots in the Coliseum uh, just to make it more potentially difficult. You know, and Maximus kills a couple of them. And <laughs> well, he, Maximus kills one of them. Because one, yes. one of them pounces on him. Yeah, and, and as he, it's jumping up on him, he stabs it, and then keeps yeah. stabbing it when it takes him down and pushes yeah, it, it off himself. Yeah, it gets loose. I mean, they're, they're kind and of then, chains. Yeah. It's not like they're just running. Free they're chains, but they're chains Close. that are yeah. being held by people on the other end, and it slips <laughs> out of their grip. But so he uh, ends up. And I mean, it looks like that he's like to get defeated. He's like getting, he gets knocked to the ground. Yeah, he gets knocked to the ground. Picks up Tigris's axe. You know, it's an axe blade on one side, and the other side has sort of a spearhead. Stabs yep. him in the foot. Just brings it right down on his foot with the spearhead side. Gosh, I had to hurt. Yeah. And then <laughs> stands up, takes his shield, and just smacks him in the chin with it. Yep. It's right in his face mask. And yeah, and then he shows the little face mask part down. And just sort of blood coming out of his mouth. Yep. And, and then so he knocks cuts, him yeah, on his back. That's... And... So Maximus and is like shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he raises up the axe like he's gonna chop off his head. But he looks up the looks up a Commodus. The crowd's cheering. Commodus gives him the thumbs up or the thumbs down to uh, tell him to kill him. It's the crowd's wanting. And the crowd kill. wants him to kill him. And Maximus throws the throws the axe to the side. Doesn't kill him. <laughs> then somebody yells out, Maximus! Maximus the Merciful! And the crowd cheers even more. Yeah. And like I love the scene like like Proxima sees us, right? You know, cuts it like it gets back to the scene. He's like, you know, win the crowd and you win the freedom. Mm-hmm. You see Proxima sees it now that like he's got the people on his side. Yeah. So and Proximo is a man that also loves Marcus Aurelius. Yes, <laughs> because like, he touched him yeah, on the shoulder freedom. once. Right. <laughs> And he's gonna get a lot of money after that because yes, because <laughs> he owns Maximus. <laughs> he might live in North Africa, but he's got a lot of money. Like, in the, anyway, you know. And now, of course, poor Commodus is even more vexed. Yes, he's vexed. <laughs> Excellent use of the word vexed <laughs> in this movie. Vex is such a great word, right? It's that B and X in it. How do you get yeah. B and like fix it, I guess, but like, you know. If you could B if you could get it in the right spot on Scrabble, you could get some good points. Oh yeah. You gotta get the X on like you got somehow on like a triple like letter B score. Man, you get a triple letter and triple word score on that. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so I, I, yeah. I, I like this conversation <laughs> that he has with Lucilla. Where he's talking about being merciful and how he's merciful, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. <laughs> kind of, kind of the same kind of conversation he was having with Marcus Aurelius about his virtues and trying to explain how his form of courage is still courage, you know. But this time, it's yeah. his mercy is still merciful. <laughs> and so, did you know that the part where he asks Lucilla, "Am I not merciful?" And then he gets yeah. in her face and yells it. Yeah. The yell was ad-libbed. <laughs> yeah. The yell, from what I understand, was not in the script. And Joaquin Phoenix, just on one of the takes, 
just he was getting into it and he just decided to yell in her face. So her her reaction was real because she was not expecting him to just shout in her face like that. Interesting. I did not know that. But that's a new one for me. Yeah. I mean, it was an excellent choice, Hmm. whether it was actually in the script or not. It was an excellent choice. Um, Yeah. I read that a while back. So I, I haven't I don't know, like any full confirmation that that's the case with it. But that's what I had read about it. He's a brilliant actor. Yeah. So I wouldn't put it past him. He knows the right thing. Yeah. And so you have Maximus winning the mob now with the crowd. I kind of forgot to mention this. Like he's leaving after this, right? He's uh, he's, yeah, because he discovers he had met with Lucilla and Gracchus. Right. Well, first he discovers first like that um, Cicero is alive, right? Oh yes, Cicero found him. Right. Cicero found him and gave him his penates back. He tells. So he's kind of being as the middle person between him and Lasilla. That's how they're able to kind of get Gracchus to to meet with him. Yeah, they kind of start. Now they're starting to plot. Yeah. So now, after his most recent battle in the in the Colosseum, they have a plan. Right. Because what Maximus has learned from Cicero is that his men are still loyal to him. Yes, his men are still loyal to him, and so Maximus sends him to have them gather not far away, and he will meet them, and then they'll take Rome. And Gracchus agrees to kind of the plot. So he's going to help kind of arrange aspects of it to kind of fall into place. He's going to arrange to buy Maximus's freedom. Yes, that's what, yeah. So that Maximus can go get his army, and then come back, take out Commodus, and then hand Rome over to the Senate. And at this point, Proxima is not in on the plot, but he kind of goes in onto it because he affects Maximus. Again, it gets back to his love of Israelis. Yeah. I I like the line, Maximus is like, are you about to become a good man? Yeah. (laughs) Right? Are you in danger of becoming a good man? Something, yeah. something like that. Yeah, are you in danger of becoming a good man? So, And they kind of just have um, a laugh about that. <laughs> unfortunately, what we don't know about, they don't know about yet, is that Lucilla had given Commodus a tonic to kind of calm him down after mm-hmm. Maximus. To be a tigress. Then he wakes up, and Lucius is there. He's fighting with one of the servants with, with swords and being trained. and. Mm-hmm. Joins on, and unfortunately, he kind of lets out a little bit of the plot. Yeah. He, somehow, they gave he learns the plot a little bit. No, no, it's all- it's not it's not that he that Lucius learned out the plot. It's that Commodus goes up to Lucius and says, "It's a little too early to be playing legionnaire, isn't it?" He's like, "I'm yes. not a legionnaire. I'm Maximus, the savior of Rome." Oh yeah, right. And then lets it slip that that's what his mother calls Maximus. Oh, that's that's what it is. That's right. Thank you. And so he doesn't know all of what that means yet, but he sits in this very creepy way with him, with still there, that's, you know, yeah. brother, sister, and then nephew, right? Sitting on, Commod- like, yeah, Lucius is on Commodus's lap, and he's telling him the story of Cleopatra and how she killed herself by allowing an asp to bite her in the breast. No, this is, that That was, the senator was saying how it was that snake that stays silent and allows it to be bitten, right? Oh. Maybe it's different in the extended edition. No, because he, you know, because he's talking about he's talking about the snake. Uh, he's talking about because that that's what leads him into the snake conversation. Because they're talking about Cleopatra right. killing herself by allowing a, an asp to, to bite her in the yeah. in the breast, and then then he starts talking yeah. about there's another kind of snake. That's right. And this snake, it's a water snake, a sea snake. It'll sit mm-hmm. at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. 
and it'll pretend like it's wounded. And fish will come up and nibble at it, and it won't move. Yeah, and, and yeah, and then it'll nibble at it, attack. nibble at it, then yeah. it eventually attack the fish. Mm-hmm. But, so, and and so, the whole and, time he's strongly implying that he knows what Lucilla yeah, is up to. Basically, she spills and the beans. She is the snake. Happening. So we cut into the kind of you know, gladiator barracks. Well, Gracchus gets arrested. Then cut in the gladiator barracks, and now you know the legion is coming to arrest Maximus, right? Mm-hmm. But Proximo trying to stall them out, so Maximus can't escape. This is actually yeah. where he says, "Are you in danger of becoming?" Yes, that that is the part because he tells him that he's got he's got his armor waiting for him by the exit, and he's helping him escape. And yeah, that's that's when he's right. like, "Are you in danger of becoming a good man?" Unfortunately, this is where Hagen dies because yeah, they. Yeah. they Tear all, gates. Yeah. And all the other yeah. gladiators decide they're going to because he they're following Maximus. So they're they're yep. wanting to help him. So he tells them, don't just give up your lives. You know, yeah. I, I don't need to, I don't need to stall that long. So don't mm-hmm. you know, don't just throw away your lives to protect me. So Hagen they, ends up dying like uh, spoiler alert for Lord of the Rings, like Boromir in uh, Fellowship. becomes <laughs> a pincushion. Yeah. yeah, they kill Proximo. Uh, they stab him. Yeah, he gets swords stuck through him. Um, you know, he has a wooden sword that you know Marcus really escaped him. This is one of the scenes where he's with DGI already. And uh, Maximus <clears throat> escapes out the back door, sees Cicero he sees on a horse, horse. and he calls uh, out to him, or he whistles to him, and Cicero calls out and apologizes. Then the horse goes running off, and Cicero is left hanging from a tree. And then they shoot him with some arrows. And they shoot him with some arrows. <laughs> and then the rest of the yeah, he gets and then you know, obviously captured. No, he uh, they they surround him, and he's about to fight, and then he makes a deal that he'll go with them quietly if they let his men go. That's right. So they do, and he drops his sword, and we have Maximus tied up. At the Colosseum. Right. And, you know, Commodus figures, why not a battle? He, this, it makes sense. He's this great gladiator. Of course, he'd want to fight the emperor. Right. Of course, Commodus needs to rig it. <laughs> yep. So he <laughs> goes down there and talks with their approval back. Yep. So he talks with Maximus, goes to give him a hug, takes out a dagger and stabs him in the lung. Yeah. You know, stabs him right between his ribs and his back, right into his lung, yep. and uh, then tells Quintus to put his yeah, armor on and conceal the wound. Right. And then they... and what I like about the scenes too, like you know, it's this whole scene, like it's almost like these brothers, right? Because again, like you know, they both looked up towards Israel, yes, and now I guess it's Chrome and brothers, right? Romulus and Remus. And so anyway, before conversation, before we get into what happens after their conversation. There is one part that we didn't mention before. One of the bonding scenes between Maximus and Jamin Hansu. Mm, yes. Um, so Jamin Hansu is asking him about his family. and Yeah, I like the way you talk about the families. Yeah. And, you know, so Maximus explains that they're dead, that they're in Elysium. And he's uh, so yeah. he so Jamin Hansu tells him, you'll see them again, but not yet. Yeah. Like, not yet. So, uh <laughs> He asks him what he says to them too, and he says talks to talks about how he has his son to keep his heels up and yeah, they keep his <laughs> yeah keep his heels down when he's riding his horse, <laughs> and what he says to his wife is none of your it's business. Not for 
Because that's right, when, because you know, that was when he, because uh, he, because Maximus was was holding his his little family yes. gods, you know, the ones that represented his wife and son, and so Jaimon Hanso was asking him about him, and that's what and sparked that whole conversation. He will see his family again. He says they're out there yeah. somewhere. They're back in yeah. Africa, and they're he's like, well, I'll probably I I probably won't see them in this life, but I will see them again, but not yet. Just like you'll see your family again, but not yet, not yet. You know, I, so yeah, no, and again, like we haven't talked about, we haven't talked about a lot, but the, their whole relationship is great. I'm glad that you know, Vagina Hansu later get like the appreciation that he needs. Now, like, he later got nominated for some Oscars himself. Yeah, so he's become a very good. He became uh, kind of helped establish him as a character actor. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so back to Commodus and Maximus's conversation just before their gladiator match. Uh, so yeah, so Commodus stabs Maximus, tells Quintus to conceal the wound under his armor, and they go out well, to the arena. before that, so there's a line that actually was said by Marcus Aurelius that makes it into this movie. Oh, yes. Now, it wasn't, it's not exact, but it's kind of like a paraphrase of it. They're kind of talking about, I guess Commodus is kind of taken back, I guess you could say. Uh, and Maximus says, you know, wise man once says, death smiles at us all. All you smile back. <laughs> yeah, it's another great line. I mean, did your friend bow before his death? This was like, you should know he was your father. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then he stabs him. And then he, he, for the hug. Then he, he tells him, hug. yes, he goes in for a hug, stabs him in the back, and then he tells him that his whore of a wife. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Screamed as they ravaged her again and again and again. Uh, his son and his son squealed like a like pig a, when they he squealed like a cross. like a girl when they nailed him to the cross. Yeah. Also, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. So then they go up to the arena and they yep. have their fight. Mm-hmm. And because Maximus is fighting with a major handicap, because <laughs> he can't breathe, because <laughs> he took a dagger through the lung. Yeah, you know, he's sort of stumbling around, and so it's a somewhat even match, <laughs> for the most part. For the most part, at the beginning of it. <laughs> but uh, so Maximus ends up disarming Commodus, and so he calls out to Quintus to give him a sword. Quintus won't give him a sword, and so he goes to the soldiers that are around, tells one of them to give him a sword. They all start. They start to pull their sheaths out, their swords out of their sheaths, and Quintus yells out, "Sheath your swords!" <laughs> Quintus so, is smart uh, here. He knows Maximus is probably going to beat him, mm-hmm. and he, <laughs> yeah, stay in somewhat favor, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then. Commodus reveals a dagger that he had in his sleeve. Yep. He pulls it out and tries to stab Maximus with it. Maximus just beats the crap out of him. It's <laughs> <laughs> glorious. He just gives him a beating. Beats him like a little... Beats him like a ragdoll. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, uh, Commodus starts swinging his dagger at him. And, gets his arm. Yeah, Maximus gra- he catches his arm and bends his elbow in, ends up making Commodus stab himself in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> I love how like it's cool, but it's almost unceremonious too. It's mm-hmm. like he doesn't deserve like this grand death. He just yeah. just drops dead. Yep. <laughs> and it's just silent. Yep. 
So, and now uh, Maximus, he's starting to see, you know, those visions of yeah. like the grain again. And he like sees he his family his standing off in the distance. And he kind of hears Maximus and his quitness, right? You know, and, <laughs> and he wakes up and he opens his eyes and then he, he gives orders to Quintus. Yes, he gives orders to Quintus. He said he repeats Marcus Aurelius, and there was a dream that was Rome. Give the power to the Senate. And then you know he releases men, which you know it's all the different like, gladiators mm-hmm. that were there, William, you know, and then Brachus, and then you know finally comes and he's talking with him, and he says that you know it's unsafe now, right? Yep. And she can tell he's dying, right? Yep. She's just you know go to them. Right, you know. Yeah. No, she's a one to die, obviously, because no, you know, but she loves him. She loves her husband too, and now they're both dead. So yeah, so she tells him, "Go to them. Go to your family." Right. And so he dies. He closes his eyes and he, he dies. She says, "You know, who's a soldier of Rome? Honor him." Rather, no, right? I guess he doesn't close his eyes and dies because John Hanso closes his eyes for him. But, yes. <laughs> but yeah, but he dies. And, and you know, honor him, and then you know, Gracchus goes like, "He will help me carry him." Right, and a bunch of them come and carry right. him, and they carry Quintus him off. Steps up, steps forward, and some of the soldiers step forward. Lucius steps up there. They all walk off into the, like the bowels, the Colosseum, and <laughs> no one goes and gets Commodus. Nope. Commodus is just, just <laughs> laying there rotting, <laughs> just rotting on the ground. Um, yep, they just leave him there. Which, <laughs> meanwhile, we see. Like, they're just marching off, and like his body's just there. Yep. <laughs> and then we see uh, him. We see Maximus. Like it's actually like a full shot of Maximus in the wheat field, yes. running his hands through the wheat, walking up toward his family. You see his son yeah. sees him, gets excited, starts running toward him. Yep. Life smiles. They're reunited. It's good. You know, yeah. like that's the thing you want. The entire thing. It's, it's back together. I mean, it, the appropriate thing for him to be back with his family. Yeah. And then no, you have a little... Like he tells his men to get a booby. Imagine what it will be, and it will be so. He's yeah. mad to be back with them. Yeah. So. And then there's a, a, a little epilogue with Vagina Hansu. Like, always nice. Walking back out into the Coliseum. He has his little family gods. Yes. He's got a little pouch with the family gods in it, and he digs a little he hole buries and buries them. And then he, he talks to Maximus. He says, I will see you again, but not yet. Not yet. And the music scores. I love the music. The yes, music. the music was amazing in this Hans movie. Hans Zimmer did the score. Yes. Fantastic. And I believe he won the Oscar for this. The one best picture, one best actor, won five awards. I think this is one of them. I have to take a look. Yeah, that's the movie. But yeah, this, the music is excellent. Yeah, the music was excellent in this movie. Uh, it's funny. Uh, yeah, back when I was in Taekwondo, mm-hmm. so my instructor would like anytime we had like belt ceremonies and stuff, you know, in order to sort of set the mood, he'd always have music playing. And there were uh, two CDs that he would pull from every time. Yeah, basically one track from each each CD. They were the soundtrack for The Rock. <laughs> that opening music that plays at the beginning of that movie. Yeah. And then Gladiator. <laughs> it was the opening music from Gladiator. 
because they were just because so, he found he saw them as just good music to play while everybody's yeah sitting there I you know it. waiting to receive their belts. <laughs> but, but yeah, so Hunter did not win the Oscar. He was nominated. He was nominated for twelve awards. Like I said, it was Best Picture. Yeah, it won five of them. Best right? Director. Not Best Director. I'm sorry. Steven Soderbergh won Best Director. Traffic. Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Costume Design, Best Sound, and Best Visual Effects. It's glad you're, I, I, glad I watched it. It's probably been a couple, it's been about two years since I probably watched it. Yeah, it's so been, I watched it. It's been probably four or five years for me. The movie I, I try to it. watch often. Yeah. I, I definitely need to watch really it more cool. often. But and it's such an easy movie to watch. Like it's it's funny. Like it's kind of funny how like, how quickly it moves still. Yeah. Even though, you know, it takes like, it's forty minutes, forty five minutes to plot. Yeah. But once it's there, it's it's off and running, and there's, there's forty or forty five minutes of not dead. Obviously, like it's no. Whole but it's it's a great conversation. It's a little over two it's and a half hours long. Establishing the characters. Yeah, and yeah. it's full of actually some like kind of funny like they good job balancing kind of newer actors like you know like again like it's one of Joaquin Phoenix's kind of breakout roles and Javon Hansu right but then the kind of like the classic actors like Richard Harris, Oliver Reed, Derek Jacoby. It's I've always loved the movie. And one of the things that I guess that I kind of always associate with you talk about the extended cut and. Even before they did the extended cut, the original DVD had like deleted scenes, which has yeah. a lot of problems in the extended cut. Yeah. Right? They don't call it director's cuts, just an extended cut. No, because the, so the extended cut, the one that I was watching, had the option of uh, watching it with an intro with Ridley Scott. Yes. And it's just a very brief, like 20 second intro where all it is is Ridley Scott saying, You're about to watch the extended cut of Gladiator. This is not the director's cut. The director's cut is what you saw in the theater. So you've probably seen that one already. But this is <laughs> this is the, the version with a few extra scenes that I thought you might like. <laughs> yeah. That was the that was the whole intro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's such an interesting guy. Yeah. Anyway, it's funny. When I think about, like, now, you know, it, it's funny. I know a lot of you now probably don't think about DVDs raise as much and just you know download every whatever it is or stream it but like when i kind of think of when dvds are first catching on gladiator is one of the first dvds i can really think about yeah and like i can i can think about the you know the menus and all the special features especially like deleted scenes yeah. and commentaries there's little featurettes about you know like you know oh this is how we made these costumes right yeah and and i've I've always been, and I always will be, a proponent for the physical media of of movies. So, like Absolutely. the like, I was watching it on the 4K Blu-ray that I have that I own. So, mm-hmm. like, and especially with a movie like this, with the visuals that it has, you know, yeah, you can stream things in 4K, but it's still gonna be, it's gonna look better if you're watching it off a disc because it's yeah. not, it's not compressed like the like the digital, you know, streaming version is. It doesn't have that compression, or at least as much of it. So it's always going to look better if you're watching it off a disc. Oh yeah, I just, especially movies like this that have yeah. all the visuals and I, you know, all the detail. Probably one of the first four or five DVDs that I owned, so I watched a lot of it, which is probably part of the reason why I really love the movie. 
beyond it just being cool and great and everything. So yeah, yeah, it's a good example of a movie that helps. Like, like you're saying, that it's a good argument for the actual possession of physical media. Yeah, I will die on that hill myself. Own mm-hmm. actual. I mean, yeah, the digital versions of movies are great. I have a lot of digital movies, too. But if I'm going to watch a movie that I own the physical disc for, then I'm most likely going to be watching the actual disc if, I, if yes. I'm at home. You know, if I'm away from home, then sure, I'll stream the digital version. Right. That's, that's parts like, you know, especially if you travel a lot. Yeah. You know, you're at a hotel, you're on a plane, you're at your parents' house, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Or even, you know, if I'm sitting in my living room, I'm just feeling too lazy to get up out of my chair and (laughs) get up out of my comfy, lazy boy (laughs) and walk over to the shelf and pick out the movie and put it in the player. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. Anyway, that's Gladiator. Excellent movie. If you haven't seen Uh, it, I highly recommend watching it. It is totally worth it. It is an amazing movie. Yes. Brilliantly acted, brilliantly directed, brilliantly scored. Yeah, just all around, everything is... And, like, I'm just saying, even, like, even, like, the effects, like, they're not the most groundbreaking effects, but still holds up well enough, you know, to try to recreate ancient Rome the best that they can. Yeah. <laughs> and just other sets, of, you know, the costumes, and, like, the sets there, you know, at the beginning of the movie in Germania. Anyway, it's terrific. Really catapulted Russell Crowe into bigger stardom at the time. Just uh, a very iconic character. Yeah. Just, it's so quotable. It, it's funny. You think a lot of quotable movies as being comedies in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, a movie but like is, this yeah, it, is also very cool. It's very quotable. <laughs> very quotable. So, uh, what are we doing next, Tony? Uh, a similar movie from a few years earlier Braveheart. Yep, we are going to be doing. The Mel Gibson classic Braveheart, which it's for some reason I don't know what it is, but when I think of Braveheart or when or when I think of Gladiator, Braveheart goes hand in hand with it. It does. I mean, they they're sitting next to each other (laughs) on my shelf. They're I think they're paired together in a combo pack on you know Blu-ray. Yeah, it's funny. Like it's (laughs) It's, easy to think of Braveheart and the Patriot going together because Mel Gibson is like a freedom type fighter, but um. I guess that's where you can get the Gladiator mix in, but I always kind of think of Gladiator and Braveheart being more closely linked. Than, yeah. Um, so that, Braveheart and Patriot. Yeah. So when we decided on Gladiator for this one, it was only logical that we do Braveheart next. Yes. Another historical epic that is uh, not totally historically accurate, but that's okay. Yeah. Okay. It's also got a lot of blood. It's got real life people, like actual people that lived back in the day. That are represented by the actors, but it's not a completely true story. That's okay. Just wants it, you know. It's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> Mel Gibson. So. Mm-hmm. Whatever faults he might have. Anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to it because that's another movie. It's probably been yeah. a little bit longer since I've seen Braveheart. Me too. It's been it's been a few years since I've seen Braveheart, it's and I'm really movie. looking forward it's to watching it again. Bra- it's longer than Gladiator. Yes, so. it is. It's about three hours long. <laughs> Back when yep. it was on VHS, it was two tapes. Two tapes. <laughs> there was, yeah, yes. that, and Gone with the Wind, and Titanic. And I was saying Titanic. <laughs> Those were all two tape movies. 
apparently I and Gettysburg have also memory of a commercial for Kmart that talked about Ghost being on two tapes also. Really? Yes. Ghost? <laughs> I didn't think that one was long enough to be on two tapes. I didn't think so either, but I have this memory huh. of a Kmart commercial. Like, Dances with Wolves, that would be two tapes. Yeah. But like that same time frame as Ghost. Yeah. Schindler's List. Although I think Dances with Wolves was just one tape, though, because we owned Dances with Wolves growing up, and I think it was just one tape. It's like a three-hour movie. Y'all. I know. <laughs> I know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, my family owned it when we were growing when I was growing up, and I think I remember it being just one tape. It's I could be wrong, but I think I remember it just being one tape. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Anyway, we'll do Braveheart next, and yeah, probably compare a little bit. And, uh, yeah, um, no. As as mentioned earlier, uh, Tommy Flanagan was in Braveheart also. So there's at least one uh, actor that's you know one common actor between the two. And uh, yeah, so join us next time when we delve into Braveheart. We will see you then.